Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome. We're so glad to have you with us here this evening on Ask Herbal Health Expert Susan Weed, a two-hour radio show each Tuesday night. Herbal medicine is people's medicine, simple, safe, effective. Please bring your curiosity and health questions. Susan will enlighten, surprise, and delight you. I know most of you know Susan Weed already. She's my mom, so I know her. But for those of you who have not yet met Susan, I'd like to share she is the author of the Wise Woman Herbal Series, five wonderful books on women's health and herbal medicine, including Wise Woman Herbal for the Childbearing Year, Breast Cancer Breast Health! Exclamation Point, The Wise Woman Way, Healing Wise, The Wise Woman Herbal, New Menopausal Years, The Wise Woman Way, and Susan's latest book, Down There, Sexual and Reproductive Health, The Wise Woman Way. In addition to being the editor at Ashtree Publishing and writing her books, Susan is the director of the Wise Woman Center in Woodstock, New York. The Wise Woman Center is open to the public on appointment-only basis. She offers weekend workshops, intensives, and apprenticeships throughout the season. Susan is also available to you online via wisewomanmentor.com. There you can go and view her weekly e-zine. You can subscribe to receive a notification via email each week, or you could join her mentorship program. Susan also offers distance learning correspondence courses and online courses at the Wise Woman University. But you can also just go to her website, susanweed.com, where you will find thousands of pages online with recipes, articles, art features, and so much more. Well, for now, let's see what Susan has to share with us this evening. Thank you, and welcome, Susan. Thank you, Justine. Hi, Rebecca. Hi, good evening. How are you doing? Good evening. Hey, I am doing splendidly well. <clears throat> Still having a lot of fun dropping uh, Durga Bernhardt's wonderful illustrations into Abundantly Well. <clears throat> and, you know, I was thinking about how um, how most authors do it, shall we say. Um and that is that they write a book and they write it in some kind of word processing 
program or even a typewriter, which is a word processor, just an analog one rather than a digital one. And after they have, and many people liken writing a book to having a baby. So after they've had their baby, it's like they turn their baby over to somebody else to feed and clothe and teach and raise. And they don't meet their baby again until their baby has graduated from college, which is when the book is published. Mm-hmm. And so most authors relate to their manuscript and then the publisher chooses the cover, chooses the typeface, chooses the layout, chooses the illustrator, chooses everything about the book except the words that the author gave them. Hmm. And I'm a very hands-on girl. I like to get my hands into it. You know, it's why I make my own cheese and I make my own yogurt because I want to be right there. It's why I have a garden. It's why I make herbal remedies. I don't want somebody else to make it for me. I actually work in an old program called PageMaker so that I can actually see how the words look on the page. Mm-hmm. And move things around so that the words and the illustrations and the whole flow um, fit very smoothly together. Hmm. And that gives me an enormous joy. Yeah, and, I like yeah, the way your and, books are formatted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and to me, there's something different then about the finished book because it's it's a coherent whole. It's not something that's been done by a bunch of people who don't relate to each other. I'm mm-hmm. not saying I don't have help. I have plenty of help. Thank you, thank you, thank you to all of the readers who have been for the past year reading the book and the readers who read it 20 years ago whose notes even now I am referring back to to make good changes and corrections in this book that I've been working on for 30 years, for goodness sakes. And thank you to Betsy Sandlin, my forever editor, who keeps me on the straight and narrow. And Justine, who has such wonderful design skills, and we love the cover that we came up with. And uh, Lisa, who's doing a lot of the behind the scenes work with uh, getting information out to all, all kinds of people. So, um, but everybody is part of um, how this book is. It's not just one of a whole bunch of projects they're doing. Well, that's so exciting. I heard last night that you said you were 99% done. So well, actually, pretty... I said 95% done. But oh, 95%. I have, there are two pieces that I really have to, to work on and that I've been enjoying myself putting in illustrations rather than working on them. And one is The Great Divide, which is the space between the first four medicines and the last three medicines. We remember that the seven medicines are based on first, do no harm, and that the first medicine, serenity medicine, doesn't cause cause harm, and the last medicine, deep medicine, always causes harm. So the first four medicines, serenity medicine, story medicine, mind medicine, and lifestyle medicine, 
are always going to promote health. And so we want to actively engage in those four medicines every single day of our lives. Those are really what preventative medicine is. The last three medicines, alternative medicine, pharmaceutical medicine, and deep medicine, are the things that we use as little as possible to take care of the vicissitudes of life. That that means anything from, um, oh, I was out with the goats the other day. We were having a great time. It finally stopped raining. It was sunny. We were running around and gambling and having a fabulous time. And I was walking along through the field, and I stepped into an animal hole and really hyperextended my knee. As a matter of fact, Rebecca, I laid on the ground crying and screaming for a good five minutes. Oh, my God. Wow. And I thought, I wonder if I am going to be able to get up and walk. I know Mm -hmm. I won't be able to crawl. But I was, indeed, you know, I continued laying on the ground, and I really got get enormous um, <clears throat> sustenance and energy and resource from the earth itself. And I allowed that energy to flow up my leg and stuck my foot up toward the sky and made that link between the earth and the heaven and let that energy flow through my leg and my knee. And there were, like, waves of, like, um, hot liquid pain flowing up and down my leg. It was pretty amazing. Hmm. Um, wow. And gradually, as I did that, I started to slowly bend my knee until I could actively straighten and bend my knee. And then I was actually able to get up and walk back home. And the goats, of course, who are always so involved emotionally with us, came around me to see if there was anything they could do. Hmm. Wow. And how is your how's your knee now? Were you able to slightly swollen? I've been icing it. Um mm-hmm. Susie Susie Mazzoli, my wonderful friend, homeopath healer, said, Have you been putting Arnica on it? I said, No, it's too cold to put Arnica on it. I have all these clothes on, right? Mhm. It's like my knee, and I have to get undressed to put arnica on it, and it's too cold to do that. Thank you. Yeah. So I've, yeah. you know, I've been, you know, more doing hands-on and ice, and uh, I do have the arnica by my bed, and when I do take off my clothes to get in bed at night, I do put a little arnica gel on it. <laughs> but it's healing very rapidly and very well. I should be able to walk around Paris next week, no problem. Okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> it's a big yeah. trip. Lots big of air to planes. So we'll wish everybody um, a happy a time with your family. All right. Next week is a big family time. I'm going to go spend some time with my family. I hope that whoever your family is, whether it's a family of birth or a family of choice or a family that you made up to suit yourself, that you um, take this time for the family. In the chapter on mind medicine, I start out with faith medicine and the swirling controversy. I mean, there are studies that show that people who go to church live longer. 
And so, of course, the churchgoers say, you know, that's because of our faith. Um, but there are behavioral scientists who say, no, it's because of the community. And there's a very good science that shows that we are really social animals and that one of the greatest contributors to longevity, and we see this in all the blue zones, is strong community and family ties. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I liked what Robin Rose had to say last night about have as long as you have one good friend that you can talk to and share like all of your life experience with, like that's like a an indicator that that prolongs your life like is a, a one of like the main constituents of a longevity is to have like one person that you can confide in and I really like that. Yes. That was Yeah. Yeah. Mhm. Yes, Robin Rose and I yeah. did a wonderful, wonderful teleseminar last night on the root chakra and then other chakras as well. So if you weren't there last mm-hmm. night to listen in, you can go and find it um at the website because of course it was recorded. Thank you, Sandra. Yeah, and, it's a good Yeah, and I'm supposed to be doing the last teleseminar of the year in December with Aviva Ram. And um, we always uh, teasingly call ourselves the Barefoot Doctor Meets the Green Witch. <laughs> and you two are <laughs> going to be endometriosis, is that right? I think that's, yeah, that's what we're going to focus in on. We're It's a year where, where we've really been focusing on uh, down there and some of the... Uh, the the real sticky issues mm-hmm. th- that can occur down there. Yeah. Well, we appreciate all of your Not work a, down there. It's a lot of people don't approach the topic. <laughs> the topics of so. neither sticky issues nor down there. Our guest tonight is Shujana Budapest, my goddess mom. She's the one who tied a red string around my waist and had me say, I'm a witch, three times way back, way back, way back in the early, early 70s. And she's the one who picked me up in the air, not all by herself. She got a lot of women to help her and carted me around and saying, she's a high priestess, she's a high priestess. And every other year, you know, Shoshana has a big goddess festival um, where new high priestesses are initiated, where we get to see other women carried around. And, uh, ah. so wonderful. I always, always, always love talking with Jujana. And, you know, um, you, if you're listeners, you probably kind of have figured out that we ask the people that we're interviewing to give me 10 questions so that I can ask them some things they want to be asked. It doesn't mean I don't throw in my own questions, but at least I know what they want to be asked. And I've never known Jujana to give us 10 questions. She gives us a topic. And the topic for tonight is when witches have to fight. How do they do it? That's at 9 (laughs) o'clock. All right. And we do have quite a few people on the line tonight. And just a few people with their hands raised. If you have a question for Susan, you need to press 1 to ask your question. And um, are you ready for the first question here, Susan? I am, Rebecca. All right. The first caller is coming from the 410 area code. Oh, and I do want to mention that we will be uh, calling Zhujana. I told her that we would call her because that's just easier for her. So, Wonderful. Um, when that... Okay. Mm. 
What area code do we have? 410. Are you there? 410, are you there? Hello, yes. Hi, what's up tonight? Hello. Hi. Well, um, my daughter listens to you a lot and just said that I call you, and this has nothing to do with witches, but um, I have been having a chronic problem with arthritis in my fingers, and she's been giving me some suggestions, but she always says, you've got to ask Susan Weed. You have to ask Susan Weed. And I think she, for her own reasons, has been um, doing a lot of herbal infusions and taking a lot of your advice for different reasons. Um, so she suggested that I call you and see what you might have to say because I don't want to take uh, regular medicines and Advil and anti-inflammatories. And I'm, it's starting to become quite painful in my fingers. And she suggested, Courtney said, I think that you might have said something about eliminating pepper and so I just wanted to see what you had to say on that subject and whether or not there's anything that I can do to alleviate pain and stop the inflammation in my fingers. Absolutely. Thanks for calling. I understand when you say you don't want to take anti-inflammatories that you mean you don't want to take anti-inflammatory drugs, but you certainly want to take anti-inflammatories. Okay. Right? You just ask if there were things you could do to quell the inflammation. And what quells the inflammation is anti-inflammatories. And anti-inflammatories, <clears throat> the other side of that coin is inflammatories, things that inflame us. Mm-hmm. And yes, when we put pepper in our mouth, I think it's pretty obvious that pepper is inflaming. Mm-hmm. Now, is this all kinds of peppers, like red, fresh red peppers, or just a pepper, black pepper that you shake on your food? What I suggest that people do is that they eliminate all pepper from their diet. Black pepper, jalapeno pepper, cayenne pepper, curry powder, barbecue spices, processed and packaged foods that contain pepper. Mm-hmm. And that you really get the, those spicy things out of your diet. How much oh. fresh red bell pepper do you eat? I love fresh bell pepper. So, well, just a few times. You grow it yourself? No, I don't. I don't live in an area that has enough sun to grow my own vegetables. I completely understand. Not I don't have sun. Red peppers are extremely perishable. Uh They begin to rot and mold within hours of being picked. So they are heavily sprayed with fungicides. And that includes those organically grown because organic standards usually stop at harvest. In other words, it doesn't say organic all the way to the table. It says organically grown. What? (laughs) So So you can grow a red pepper organically, and then after you harvest it, you can spray it with fungicide. That's terrible. Because it's not growing anymore. Oh, oh. So my organic red peppers I get at Whole Foods are not, might not actually be so great. People find it helps a lot to off the pepper from their diet. 
including the red bell peppers and the green bell peppers. And I know it's a hassle. And there's a wonderful place in Woodstock, a bookshop called Mirabai. It's far more than just a bookshop. Um, where I teach on a regular basis, and there's a wonderful a woman a little older than I who's a painter who comes to classes there. And I've been teaching there, oh gosh, for a long, long time, and, and she's come to I, just about every class that I've taught. And she got to a point where she was getting arthritis in her hands and it was making it very difficult for her to paint. Mm-hmm. He, the next class she came to, she said, and I remembered you saying to get the pepper out of your diet, she said, and I had always just let that go in one ear and out the other because it really didn't seem to make any sense to me. But I thought, okay, you know, let me give it a try. She said, within two weeks of getting the pepper out of my diet, I had no swelling and no inflammation in my hands. Wow, that's amazing. Well, and I will try that, yeah. Right, it's not just this one anecdote. I have seen it happen to person after person after person. And I see it happen to apprentices who come and live here with me and eat a diet completely free of pepper. Wow. And when they come, they if they're bitten by a mosquito, it's pretty much what you would expect. A red welt raises, that's inflammation. It's red, mm-hmm. swollen, and it itches, and they scratch it, and they will often scratch it to the point where they break the skin, and then they have a secondary infection from the mosquito bite. By the time they have eaten a non-peppered diet for four to six weeks, they don't get a red welt from a mosquito bite. My goodness, that's amazing. Now, it may also be that drinking nourishing herbal infusion has something to do with that, and your daughter has probably told you that I think it's the best lifestyle choice anyone can make is to drink nourishing herbal infusion as your primary beverage with the goal of drinking a quart of infusion a day. Oh, she has told me that, but I don't know what kind. There's so many, right? No, there are five. No? And you wrote through them. Oh. Stinging okay. nettle, oat straw, linden, comfrey leaf, and red clover. Start anywhere. Weigh out an ounce of herb. Put it in a quart jar, bring a quart of water to a boil, pour it into the jar over the herb, or toss the herb into the pot with a quart of water and turn the fire off. Put a lid on the pot or a lid on the jar. <clears throat> Go to sleep. Let it steep overnight. If you want to make it in the morning, it has to steep for at least four hours. Overnight is what most people do. Strain it, squeezing the herb to get all the liquid out. Refrigerate it, drink it. Warm or cold, sweetened or not, however you like it, with the goal of drinking that quart within a day. And the next night, make a quart of another one. Oh, wow. It's that simple. It's that easy. And I can make it even a little simpler, a little easier. My sweetheart and I both drink nourishing herbal infusion, so we want half a gallon of infusion a day. We make a gallon of infusion at a time. We boil four quarts of water. We add four ounces of dried herb to the boiling water, stir it in, turn the fire off, put a tight lid on the pan, let it steep overnight, strain it the next morning, and put it in a gallon jug in the refrigerator with an easy spigot on it. 
<clears throat> and then we have infusion for the two of us for two days. <clears throat> that, that's much easier than doing it every night. So what were the four again? So it was the oats, five, red clover, stinging nettle, five, five nettle. stinging nettle, red clover, red clover, oat straw, straw, comfrey leaf. Okay. And linden. Linden. All right. I have heard these all from her, but I have not tried anything. We don't live together, so I have not been able to try her herbal infusion. And she, yes, I think you will be very pleasantly surprised <clears throat> at what happens. Linden is one of the world's best anti-inflammatories. Mm. It tastes sweet. It's a lovely tree. It's the flower, and the flower has both a white part and a green part that looks rather leaf-like, but isn't. Mm-hmm. And um, <clears throat> linden is certainly one of my favorites for dealing with any kind of inflammation in the body. I was once part of a panel that was asked to help a woman who had, well, golly gee, I wouldn't even have time to say all the things that were wrong with her. If there could be anything wrong with you, she pretty much had it wrong with her. Mm-hmm. And the other herbalists on the panel, of course, were three wonderful wise men who gave her a lot of good advice and many, 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 many herbs that she could use. And I was the last, and when it came to my time, I said, you know, Rather than dealing specifically or individually with each of your many problems, what I'd like to say is that all of these problems have one underlying cause, and that's inflammation. Mm-hmm. And linden, to my mind, is the world's greatest anti-inflammatory, far better than turmeric. Mm-hmm. So I, do I put the same amount of each herb in the infusion? One ounce of herb by weight. You need one, a scale. One ounce of each one. One ounce at a time. One day you do nettle. One day you do oat straw. Oh. Ah. Okay. You rotate through I these see. five herbs. I see. One so when my sweetheart and I are making a gallon, we make a gallon of oat straw and we drink oat straw for two days. We make a gallon of nettle and we drink nettle for two days. We make a gallon of red clover and we drink red clover for two days. I see. I see. Ah, all right. Thank you. Is mm-hmm. there another, any other foods that I should be eliminating? There are a lot of other things that you think about. So many that I have an entire course, and it's a video course, called Happy Knees. Now, knees here are just standing in for all of the joints. It could be happy Uh fingers as well as happy knees. And I go through all of the foods that are anti-inflammatory and all of the herbs that are anti-inflammatory, as well as a variety of other things that you can do. Okay. I did see that on your website today, and I was going to ask you about that if you thought that was something I should do. I think that you would, think you would enjoy it and probably learn a lot. Great. Okay. I think I will do that then. All right. All right. So much for well, calling. Dream so blessings. Good night. Thank you. Good night. Hmm. 
The next caller is coming from the 630 area code. Good evening. Hi. So I have some forehound in my garden that I started this year from seed. And um, this is the first time that I've ever grown it. Um, so it didn't flower the first year at all, but it's still looking really healthy in the garden. And with the cold weather hitting during the night times, um, I've just been thinking if I'm going to harvest, or I'm wondering if I can harvest it to make medicine or if I should leave it alone to harvest it next year. Because um, if it can be used, I'd rather harvest it before the cold weather destroys it. And if I can cut it in a way that won't kill it, I'd like to use the leaves, but I do want it to come back next year. Do you have any advice? Absolutely. Do you know what family the whorehound is in? No. All right. This is the first thing that you need to find out. I actually consider the plant families like the royal road to herbalism. When we know about the plant families, it's as though we become like instant expert herbalists. So there's a very big family now known as the Lamaceae, previous known as the Labiatae or the Lippenblumen in Germany, more commonly known as the Mint family. The uh. Mint family includes, of course, peppermint and spearmint, but also rosemary, sage, thyme, and oregano, basil, tulsi, lemon balm, whorehound, lavender, motherwort. Heal all. And all of those in my yard right now are all still kicking. So. <laughs> right, because they're pretty hardy, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Until there is a real hard killing frost, they're just going to be chugging along. And the vast majority of plants in the mint family are perennials and are generally improved by pruning and are some of the only deer-proof plants I've ever found. <laughs> For a wonderful outfit called Time Monk Radio, I once spent a year, and the shows are half an hour, and so I did 52 shows of half an hour each on a different mint every week. That's how many useful mints there are. Mm -hmm. So... You can safely prune your whorehound, and all mints have active hormones where the leaf meets the stalk. So when you cut a mint near that point, you activate those hormones because it's moving into the cold weather it's a little better not to activate those hormones. So if you're cutting in the spring or the summer, 
Like, for instance, basil, right? You pinch basil off near where the leaves touch the stalk, and then shoots form right there in the axillary node. The, it's called the armpit of the plant, even though it's where our shoulder would be. But since you don't so much want all that tender new growth, cut higher up on the stalk. Mm-hmm. Now, that's a subtlety, and the plant isn't going to be harmed very much by it. Uh-huh. Whorehound is a mint that is not very much used nowadays. Why not? I don't know. Probably because people go buy cop drafts or something. <laughs> no, 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 no. Because whorehound is B I T T E R. Whorehound makes mother mort taste like a marshmallow. <laughs> I'll tell you, whorehound is like the name bitter. It is so staggeringly difficult to take in any form at all. So if I were faced with some, say we were on a TV show, you know, like the the chefs who are given ingredients and they have to make something from it. Here, Susan, you have to make something palatable with whorehound. I'm like, oh, no, no, anything else. Probably what I would do with it would be to prune it back chop up the pieces that I had pruned off and put them in a jar and cover it with honey. Mmm, yummy. And then, if I had a cough or a cold, I could take a spoonful of the whorehound and the honey, put it in a cup, pour boiling water, have instant sweetened whorehound tea, and I could probably choke it down. What if you made slippery elm balls with the whorehound honey? Point of the slippery elm ball is to keep it in your mouth for as long as possible. <laughs> Still too bitter, huh? Okay. What's that? Have I you tasted it? Tasted. Yeah, it's very, it's very bitter. <laughs> it, I'm not lying, right? No, it's very bitter, yeah. It's just looking at me every day, and I'm looking at it, and I love it, and it's it's just a cool plant, and yeah, I just wanted it around, and it's yeah, it's right next to my lemon balm and across the way from my from my crone wart, so they're all still hanging out, and my Tulsi did uh, shrivel up though, that one didn't didn't last. Well, Tulsi is an annual in any place where it's ah, that's why forty degrees. But where it's above gotcha. 40 degrees, it's not just a perennial. It becomes a tree. Mm. Oh, cool. Just well, like, thank you. like in California, the rosemary can get very tree-like, right? Mm-hmm. Really woody. Very woody, although I hardly ever see that on the East Coast. It's just hard to get them happy enough where it, when it's that cold in the winter. Many of the mints are native to the Mediterranean areas. Mm, cool. So they can, you know, they they can suffer winter, but they are happier without it. Okay. Basil well, also basil acts like an annual when we grow it, because it is very rapidly killed by frost, just like the Tulsi. And Tulsi, of course, is holy basil. So enjoy your whorehound, and you know what? It's okay to just enjoy it. Yeah, I have, really I have so okay far. 
with it and be with it and have heart-to-heart conversations with it. It's not... I, I don't think the plant is damning you for not using it. No, I don't feel that either. And yeah. I've just been observing it all season just because I, you know, I planted it and want, I wanted it around. I just wanted to see what it did and how it, you know, how it kind of existed in the world and um, just, I like to do that. I like to just watch plants and see what they do and um, watch, like observe their changes, you know? So I just, I don't know. I was just out there uh, thinking about it, and I thought I'd call you. So that's wonderful. <laughs> and if you haven't seen Isla Burgess's book, The Bilophilic Garden, you would be very interested because it's a book about observing plants. Ooh, I'll write that down. Yeah. Thank you. Isla Burgess, Great. U-R-G-E-S-S. Okay. All right. Green Great. Bless. Good night. Good night. The next caller is coming from the 903 area code. Hello? 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 Hi. Hi. Good evening. How are you tonight? How are you tonight? I am doing great. Thank you. Um, I'm excited to talk to you again. (laughs) Um, Thank you for your time. Um, I had uh, two questions. The first one's um, pretty simple. Um, Do you feel that uh, linden infusion would help someone with allergies? Help them what? Help them what? Um, reduce the inflammation of the allergies. Yes. 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 Okay. That, that's yeah. what I was thinking, yeah. too. Okay, yeah. thank you. The herb that is very specific for helping people to be less allergic to the environment is stinging nettle. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Long use of nettle infusion will usually move a person out of their... You know that response that they have, that you're talking about. That right. That swollen eyes, swollen nose, teary, drooly. You know that. Oh gosh, I'm allergic to something. Right. Can I interrupt you for? Yeah, please, Rebecca. Is your radio on or the computer? Something that's giving feedback into the phone. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, I do have my computer on. Is that disturbing? Yeah, it's um, it's echoing in the phone. Okay, hang on. I will shut it down right now. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, thanks for knowing what it was, Rebecca. I could hear it, but I had no idea where it was coming from. I didn't realize it was doing that. I have them connected. So, yeah, I'm shutting it down right now. So hopefully it's getting better. Is it better yet? Let's see. Perfect. Perfect. Okay. Oh, excellent. I'm sorry. Okay, so, okay, stinging nettle. Thank you, thank you. Okay, because... So, again, um, using all of the infusion. Right. It's not like what I'm saying is, oh, you have allergies, just drink nettle infusion. 
What I'm saying is don't just drink Linden. Comfrey, of course, helps the tissues be stronger and le- oh, I'm still getting that echo, and and less inflamed when even when there's an allergic response. Okay. We think about that skin that's being responsive, that it looks thin and tender, right? Mm-hmm. And the comfrey doesn't toughen it or thicken it, but it makes it stronger and more supple so that it doesn't swell up as much. Okay. So, so I would all still the want to stay on a full rotation then. A full rotation. Yes. Then, if someone knows they are allergic to a specific plant pollen, for instance, one of the most effective things they can do is make a tincture of that plant in flower. And the next year, start taking that tincture when that plant starts to flower. Huh. Okay. And quite a few people have told me that they've had excellent results with that method. Okay. It's kind of what's behind people saying eat bee pollen, except that the flowers that bees pollinate are never produce allergens. Okay. Okay. Is your computer off now? Yes, yes, ma'am. It's just my phone. Oh, okay. It's still oh. echoing. It's still echoing. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Hmm. I have no idea, no, and it a, is a landline phone. Um, okay, wonderful. Thank you. Thank you so much for that. My my second question, if I may, is I need some help with um, digestive distress. There are certain things that I eat that I am now connecting directly to digestive distress, and when I don't eat them, they don't bother me, but I don't feel that's healthy to limit my diet. And you've said in different instances um, that is not overall healthy. Um, I do ferment um, or soak things like grains and beans. But if I go somewhere where someone has not done that, I immediately have a reaction again. So is there, is there something I need to do differently? So, so you're saying that if you um, go to a potluck dinner, you need to avoid eating beans and grains there. Right. I don't see any problem with that. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. So I can just keep doing what I'm doing at home. You know, when I'm when I'm soaking my my rice, for example, and I'm I'm fine with that or whatever, but. Just don't have those when I go somewhere else. If you are noticing that you're reactive to those things when they're prepared by others, then that seems like the simplest thing to do. Okay. It's certainly a lot easier than trying to get them to change anything. Yeah. And I was more sociable than you're staying home. <laughs> this is true. This is true. This is true. Absolutely. Okay, I just didn't know if there was something else that I needed to be taking to adjust myself internally. 
I'm not, I'm not so sure that we can adjust ourselves internally that easily. Okay. 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 That's fair. That's fair. Thank you. All Thank you very much. I appreciate you. Good night. Green blessings. Good, good night. Green blessings. All right. Let's see if there's echo. Oh, it's still there. But it disappeared now. All right. The next caller is coming from the 720 area code. Hello, Susan. Hello. Hi. Hi. How are you? I'm enjoying the evening. How about you? I'm great. I'm great. Hi, this is Anna. Um, and number one, you'll have a letter from me when you get back from Paris. So I look forward to being in better touch with you. Good. Um, and I have a few questions. Um, one of that, I made some commitments in August that I'm having trouble keeping, surprising trouble keeping. Um, it, and I'd like some help with it. The, the biggest one is in, I committed to, to regularly ask women to help me. And that one is surprisingly difficult. Yes, I would really like to get to the bottom of why it is so difficult for us to ask for help. It's not just you. Yeah. It's an amazing resistance that we find ourselves up against. Yeah. When I paid attention, I realized even I'm more willing to ask men for help than I am to ask women for help. I don't, I think that may also not be just me. Well, partly if we're women, we know that every woman in the world already has too much to do. (laughs) Yeah. Like I remember asking my sweetheart, I said, oh, you know, could you please call so-and-so and ask her to do so-and-so and tell her X, Y, and Z. And then I was doing something in the other room, and I heard him call, and he said, could you do so-and-so? And he didn't say X, Y, and Z, and I took him to task for it. And he said, well, that wasn't important. I said, yes, it is, because if she knows X, Y, and Z, she knows where to file my request. Mm. What level of urgency? Mm-hmm. Because we are all, every woman in the world that I know, is already taking care of a lot. Yes. The nice thing about asking for help is that it means you're in someone's debt. (laughs) Yeah. And they can then ask you for help. And that's how we make real friendships. Mm -hmm. Not by doing things that are easy, but by making that slight extra effort. And it starts by putting ourselves in debt so that others can call on us. It's a real foundational move and I sometimes wonder if women somehow believe 
um, that they'll never be able to repay the debt, that the other woman won't ever ask them Uh. for something. And so one way to get over that hump of resistance is to acknowledge the payment when you ask. Gosh, I could really use some help changing the oil in my car. When that's done, I could use the car to take you to that place you've been wanting to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was always impressed when uh, I learned that the way that Benjamin Franklin got people, because he was a great statesman and he was, you know, really wonderful at getting people to cooperate. And people always have their little picadillos and people they don't like. And there were, of course, people who didn't like Benjamin. And the way that he would get them to like him is he would ask them for help. (laughs) Yeah. Specifically, he would usually ask to borrow one of their books. We remember that he's the person who created libraries, so there weren't libraries for him to go to. Yes. So perhaps rather than waiting until you really need help to ask for help, you just like choose something to ask every day. Right. I see that. Yeah. And it just becomes a practice. Uh Uh-huh. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. You ready for my next question? I'm ready, Anna. All right. The next one is? How do I get more green witches in my life? (laughs) Somebody just sent me the funniest picture of of women wearing black cloaks and black pointed hats on paddle boards (laughs) in Oregon. Do you know about this, Rebecca? Yeah, it was on the Willamette River, I think on on Halloween. Yeah, and they were paddleboarding down the down the rivers. Uh huh. <laughs> That's one way to get more green witches in your life. Put on a cloak and a hat, and get your paddleboard. Okay. They said the the little article that came with it said that they just started out with a couple of them, but that year by year it has grown, and there was <laughs> a flotilla of witches on their paddleboards this year. I must say. All right. Right. I need a paddleboard. And a hat. Yeah. Yeah. One of the ways, you know, I said, golly, I want, you know, more women of power and more interesting women in my life. I said, okay. So I'll set up a workshop center and I'll invite them to come and teach. Hmm. Yeah, that works great. Whatever way you can think to do it. You know, some past apprentices have said, okay, I want to, you know, a lot more off. I have a conference. 
Yeah. Or, or it can be something as simple as um, putting something out into the local community um, that you'll be doing a um, wild a plant walk the first Saturday of every month at this public park. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if nobody comes, well, you get to walk by yourself. And if somebody comes, you get to walk with somebody else. Yeah. Very good. And again, it's about having a practice about your going and doing that on a regular basis and not about being popular. Right. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Because you get to go on that walk on that regular basis, even if anybody comes right. or not. Yeah, that's powerful. Mm-hmm. Right. It's for you. And if others want to come and share, all right. You're you're doing it publicly. Excellent. Excellent. Okay. One more question on a different topic. So apparently where I live I work in a hospital. And apparently in our community and in the hospital, there's a lot of hepatitis A right now. Mm. And I usually don't worry. You know, I'm healthy. I wash my hands between patients. Um, I, you know, I, eat, well, I take good care of myself. I don't usually worry about bugs, but I am really aware that the situation, you know, with, with viruses and bacteria and bugs and things, teeny-weeny bugs, is changing. And, and just wondering what... Do you have any recommendations for staying healthy while working in healthcare? You know, without being excessively fearful, but just being sensible. Right. Well, specifically, I don't know enough about hepatitis A. I know that the other hepatitises are bloodborne, and there has to be a blood mm-hmm. transfusion or a needle. Is this true of Hep A? No, no, it's a fecal oral. Mm-hmm. So, you know, so lots of people putting their hands lots of places, and I and I'm suspicious in the community. It's probably fast food, is my guess. But yeah, I don't know that. You can pick um, up hepatitis A. Is it symptomatic? I don't know enough. I haven't done I haven't done yeah. any looking into because yet. Because of course, I, I the think prob- part of the problem with hepatitis is you can have hepatitis. Some, and there's different hepatitises, right? You can have hepatitis for decades and not know that you have it. Right. And then suddenly it kills you. So I don't know enough about the progress of hep A. I don't know if it actually, if you actually get symptoms or if you just get infected and it kind of hangs there until, until you're at a low point and then it takes over. Um, and then I don't, I know there are some Hepatitis that they have vaccines against. Is Hep A a mm-hmm. vaccinable? Can you be immunized they are against just, it? Time I've seen it, they're offering us a Hep A vaccine. And again, I haven't even looked in. It's really recent, so I haven't looked into anything. Certainly, given how easily it could be passed, if it's non-symptomatic or mildly symptomatic, so that we're looking at an infection that is probably present in your workplace that could possibly kill you without giving you very much warning, then I would say an immunization could be a great thing. Mm -hmm. 
if it turns out that it has symptoms, you would know right away if you got it and you could take action. Yeah, then maybe you want immunization and maybe you don't. Mm-hmm. If it turns out that immunization is not well tolerated and doesn't give very much protection, well, then on it. Mm-hmm. Just because there's an immunization doesn't mean that it is well tolerated or that it's highly effective. Mm-hmm. I just read an interesting article that found that flu vaccine shots were more effective if the person had been vaccinated the year before. Huh. It was like the body remembered it from the year before and said, oh, here's more information. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I mean, I personally believe that the immune system remembers things for a lot longer than we think it does. Yeah. And any recommendations as far as herbal support? Well, you're drinking your nourishing herbal infusions. Yep. And certainly Hypericum perforatum is a fabulous antiviral. Very safe to take. Yep. Would once a day be enough on the, the hypericum? What I tend to do is have an, a bottle with me and see how often I think to take it. Oh, okay. Because it will vary from day to day. Uh-huh. And, of course, if you've been standing too long or you're getting any muscle soreness, it'll help relieve that, too. Mm-hmm. And... If I thought that I was in one of those parts of my life where I was a little more vulnerable or I needed a little more protection, I would probably include astragalus Mm -hmm. as a kind of extracurricular infusion, right? I'd keep on doing my five in rotation, but I'd also make a Uh quart of astragalus and I'd have little nips of it now and then. Oh, good idea. Yeah, that's easy. To a do. quart of astragalus will stay good in the refrigerator for a week, easy. Mm-hmm. Oh, very good. That's very helpful. All right. Well, thank you, Susan. You are welcome, Anna. Good to speak to you. I look forward to getting your letter. All right. Green blessings. Love you. Green. Have a great trip. All righty. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Uh-huh. Bye-bye. The next caller is coming from the 845 area code. Susan, good evening. Hi. Hi. And thank you for being there. Um, uh, several, uh, quite a few things. What would, could you repeat the name of that book, How to Look at Plants? Mm. It's Isla, I-S-L-A. Burgess, B-U-R-G-E-S-S, and it's the Biophilic Garden, B-I-O-P-H-I-L-I-C, Biophilic Garden. Okay. And it's about how to look at plants? Yes. Okay. 
I-S-L-A-B-E-R-G-E-O-S. No, S-S, Burgess. Oh, Burgess, okay. Isla is her first name, I-S-L-A, Isla. B-E-R-G-E-S-S-B-I-O-T-E. Burgess is her last name, Isla Burgess. Got it. Biophilic, B-I-O-T-H-I-L-I-C, garden. Philic, P-H, like phone. B I O T. Spell so again, please. P- oh, P. P I O T H. Is that it? It's P I O T H, like Peter? No. The Biophilic Garden. Bio. B I O. Bio. Right. Philic, P-H, not T-H, P-H. Okay. B-I-O, P is in Peter, H-I-L-I-C. Correct. Thank you so much. Um, the For breaking up arthritis, is there is there something you would recommend like chanka pita or gravel root? Is there something that would break up the arthritis in a knee? I don't think I've ever heard that term used before, but I can very easily hear it coming out of the mouth as a heroic healer or being written by a heroic healer. Okay. I tend not to commit war against the body. I like to nourish. Okay. Ease. I do not like to to break or bend or tear or rip. Okay. So I may not be adequate to that question. I do have an entire course called Happy Knees. Oh, and it's I'm going to look into All of that. the foods and all of the herbs that can be used to not have arthritis. And would that be appropriate if you already have mild arthritis in your knees? I will definitely check it out and, and probably do it. Um, and also... And also, perhaps you hadn't gotten to the show yet, but at the beginning part of the show, one of the early people who called in, I had a long discussion with her about okay. things you could do if you have arthritis. Okay. Yeah, I wasn't. And the also, beginning. just that this will be um, available as a podcast, and you can just listen to tonight's show, the podcast of tonight's show. Tomorrow okay. or the next day or whenever you can get it. And that will also give you a much longer answer. Okay, great. I don't want I to go do- over all the information again, but I want to refer you back to it. I will do that. Okay. Is there something to take, thank you, for post-traumatic stress? Because there is always a level Cannabis. of uneasiness. Cannabis is specific for post-traumatic stress. Because cannabis makes you forget the things that traumatized you. I prefer to use cannabis the old-fashioned way, by putting some nicely grown cannabis in a beautiful pipe, applying a flame, and gently inhaling and holding that smoke in the lungs. It may take one or two. Two inhales, not a lot. 
But I find that the inhaling uh, gives one a very measured amount that you can very easily control how much you're getting. Whereas when it's ingested, it's almost impossible to control how much you're getting. And it will usually set a great many people off into tachycardia where the heart races, a great anxiety, a variety of, of noxious side effects. Okay. So, and it's spelled C-A-N-A-B-I-S, cannabis? Cannabis sativa, also known as hemp or marijuana. Oh, Okay. And it's spelled C-A-N-A-B-I-S. There's two N's. Okay, C-A-N-N. Oh, that's marijuana. Interesting. Okay. Marijuana is a made-up name that was made up by people who hated the plant. And so it's not a word that we're hoping goes very far forward into the future. Cannabis is the botanical name of the plant. Cannabis sativa, and it's a lovely name for a lovely plant that has so much to offer us. So I can get that like at Frontier? No, you could not get that at Frontier. At this point, (laughs) cannabis is only legal in about half the states in the United States. And so you would have to find out whether or not it's legal in your state. Got it. And what the... what the process for getting it in your state is. I said to somebody the other day, I said, so Massachusetts made both medical and recreational cannabis legal. Okay. Where do you get it in Massachusetts? And they said, oh, well, they haven't made selling it legal. Okay. So while it is legal to use it recreationally or medicinally, it is not legal to buy or sell it. Okay. Okay. Okay, so it's going to vary from place to place. I was just in Washington State where it's legal both medically and recreationally. And there are stores, and you walk into the store, a variety of different cannabis strains and cannabis products. So New York State, I don't think it's not legal here yet. Um, I think that there is... Legalization where it is legal medicinally for certain things, but that a bunch of doctors have to sign off on it. So, for all intents and purposes, it isn't. Right, right. Uh, I suspect that if you pushed a doctor and you were in extreme pain and you wanted it for pain relief or relief of post traumatic stress, I, that if you pushed, I suspect that that doctor, doctor can, in New York State, write you a prescription for it. Okay. Again, we're certainly not seeing any stores. Right. We don't know where you could get that prescription fulfilled. Oh, right. Right? Right. Yes. Okay. So, so it would I be legal to... for the doctor to write you a prescription. Yeah. But it would be like a doctor writing your prescription for an antibiotic and there were no drug stores and so you couldn't get it filled. Right. So how do you know you're getting it from the right person? Is that that would be a good question, right? I mean, I've never done it. Um, I guess you just ask around, right? Those are people in what the I state. usually suggest to somebody is visit someone in Colorado, Washington State, Oregon, or California where it is illegal, and there are lots of stores. Okay. Okay. Go go to where it's legal, and then you will be able to have a sense of what is quality and what isn't. 
Okay. So I can talk to somebody there. Okay. So Colorado, okay, I can just go online and find out where it's legal and then talk to, if I know somebody there, ask them if they could get me some and mail it to me, right? They would not want to mail it since if they are mailing it to a state where it's non-legal, that's a federal oh. offense. Okay. For the same reason that in Colorado, Washington, Oregon, and California, you cannot pay for your purchase with a credit card. Ah. It's not legal to accept money for selling it. Okay. So again, it's you know it's a rather discontinuous thing. And it's a special pipe you're using. It's a marijuana pipe like they sell in Woodstock, right? Right. Okay. All right. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um, one and then other in question. general, when you're buying any kind of dried plant material, it should be fragrant. It should not be moldy. It should be lively looking, bright, fresh. You don't want to okay. get something that looks like it was swept out from under the carpet anytime you're buying an herb, right? Okay. How much do you need for each use you're using it? Like probably a very teeny drop, right? It's not a drop. Remember, we're actually getting the plant and we're burning it and inhaling it. Right. But, I mean, it's probably very little plant you're using each time, right? Correct. A gram will last you a long time. One gram. So I could see if I could find a gram here. All right. right. All right. Um, one and last one. Grams but, are what's sold in places where it's legal. Where it's not legal, usually you have to buy like a quarter of an ounce. Oh, okay. Okay. One quarter ounce is more like it. Okay. Which is which is about seven grams. Which is about seven grams? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh, I couldn't buy one gram. Probably not. Okay. You would probably pay for one gram what you pay for a quarter ounce. Ah, okay. So you might as well buy the quarter ounce. Got it. Okay. All right. If it really seems Um, like that, you can have a party. (laughs) Get it. I've never done it. It would be. Oh, man. Um, I recently tried to get off a psychotropic drug. Um, which I had been on in many, many years, and I inadvertently was not taking it a lot between my visits with my psychiatrist, which is every three months, and I've been very stable, I mean really stable. And he said, you must have run out of this because you haven't been here in a long time. I said, oh, I've just had a lot going on, and it was never like me to forget. And... He said, how have you been? I said, fine. And gave me the idea, well, if I'm fine, why don't I just explore this? And I'm going to say for two more months, I did two days on, one day off. And last week, last week, it hit me, Susan, like a truck. I was so vulnerable. I could hardly function. I couldn't function. And I couldn't stop crying. And I had to get back on it again. And I don't want to be on it. And I wonder if there's something 
because these things are they do so much to your brain it's so hard to change and get off of it can you tell me what the drug you're taking does to your brain well it's 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 for bipolar and it's called Devico and I can't tell you what it does to the brain but mm-hmm. stabilizes you mm-hmm. Being bipolar really puts a plateful of questions in front of us. Uh-huh. Something that's wrong with you, it's a genetic glitch. Okay. And this genetic glitch is tolerated because we only get people like you who have to deal with bipolar if they both, if you get two recessive genes. It's a recessive gene, right? So you have okay. to get you have to get two recessives to win this bingo contest, mm-hmm. which means out of four children, one has two dominants, right? No genetics for bipolar. One has two recessives. That's you, the one who is bi- bipolar, and then two have one recessive and one dominant, and those two are wildly creative. And so we tolerate the genetics for bipolar because it gives us geniuses. Mm-hmm. Now, I have met a few people who have the double recessive, who have full bipolar, who are able to tap into that creative genius basically by totally ignoring the outside world. Which is not something that that most of us can do. Right. Right. These are people, you know, who've managed to, you know, get stipends from the family or whatever, don't actually have to make a living, but can, you know, do whatever their creative thing is and can go through periods in which they do not move from their bed for weeks and then periods in which they do their creative endeavor 26 hours a day for weeks. Right. They rarely marry. Right. So that's one way to not take drugs. <laughs> yeah, I don't want that. But I don't, that's not an easy choice to make. Yes, I hear you. And if that's not the choice we're going to make, then blessed be the drugs. I got it. I hear, I'm hearing you. Because I've had enough up and down. I, I need stability, you know. Um, and I'm going to look at the astragalus root also, infusion, um, for that. So Yes, and you're you. drinking the other infusions. I'm taking um, nettle, ostrar, and um, horsetail. And I'm doing that for osteoporosis and just general nutrients. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you say you're taking that, can you tell me how you're making it? Oh, in infusions. One ounce in each. In so each make a quart of nettle with an ounce of one, nettle. For each one of those, I would take an ounce of nettle, put it in a quart jar, and fill it with boiling uh, water. And, and fill it twice. And, okay, and so you're alternating between three infusions, which is nettle, Oat straw and horsetail. That's right. 
Okay. Here's what would work a little better. To your one ounce of nettle, add up to a teaspoon of horsetail. To your one ounce of oat straw, add up to a teaspoon of horsetail. Okay, I'm writing this down. So one ounce oat straw. Plus one, one, te- one teaspoon. And it can be less if you want it to be less. But it can okay. be to a teaspoon. And the same thing with the nettle, one ounce of nettle, and then up to a teaspoon of the horsetail. And then it. include comfrey leaf infusion. I don't. I, when I ordered comfrey years ago from Frontier, it turned out that's the only one they carry is one that's not for internal use. So I never mm-hmm, that's used. That's what it says on my bag too, and I've been using it just like that for over thirty years. Oh, okay, okay. I don't believe okay. everything you read. Well, sometimes you you need to believe some of the things you read. Um, and the comfrey would be for what? The comfrey is to make your bones strong and flexible. Oh, in addition. Okay. So, comfrey okay. is one of the most important ones in ter- terms of bone health. Okay, bone. All right. And if you want to add some horsetail to that, you can add some horsetail to that too. Um, I like to see everybody drinking linden infusion. Okay. What ails us all is inflammation, and linden is the anti-inflammatory. Okay. I will so get that. see people having at least four herbs in their rotation. So you have nettle, oat straw, comfrey, and linden. Right. And you can add a bit of horsetail to any of them. But it's, okay. it's not worthwhile to make an infusion with just horsetail. Okay. Good. Good. You know, I was doing horsetail, and I couldn't stand an ounce. I mean, it was so disgusting. And I'm really good at eating disgusting things. And I, I ended up doing it, I mean, for a long, long time, with for a half an ounce. Um, and I managed to get it down. But I, I like this better. So so this will be good. Um, but I also want to now add the um, astrologist, I can't say it, Astragalus infusion. Astragalus or estragalus, either one. Yes. Okay. And you can put that as your part of your rotation, or as I talked about before, you can make a quart of it and drink that quart over the course of a week. Sip here, sip there. Well, you know, Susan, I am so vulnerable. I'm so, I am so, I feel things so deeply. I think it's the kind of thing I need to take a little every day. Sounds good to me. Good for you. Thank you. Um, and really blessings to you, and I'm very grateful to you. Um, I'm going to check out this this uh, marijuana, too. <laughs> it's so funny. All right. You take care now. Okay, bye. All right, bye-bye. And I do want to mention at the tail end here that um, that is, in fact, one of the true drawbacks of a cannabis, and that is that bipolar disorder usually does not make itself known um, until we're at least past puberty. And smoking cannabis during the teenage years can trigger bipolar disorder. Now, we're not in any way saying that cannabis causes it. 
And in the vast majority of those people, something else would trigger that bipolar disorder later on when they're not a teenager, when they're in their 20s or when they're in the 30s. And often that can be more devastating to suddenly be struck with bipolar disorder than it would be if it's discovered when you're still, let us say, being nurtured and taken care of by others. So it's kind of a double-edged sword there. You know, might we want to say, well, you know, good, so then we can find out if we have this. Or should we want to say, whoa, teenagers should definitely avoid this because we don't want to trigger bipolar disorder. It's certainly an open question, but it's, it's something that is pretty clear and that we do need to be aware of. Okay, how many more people do we have for our last 10 minutes here? But I was going to say possibly more to do with the will of the teenager to smoke cannabis, too. (laughs) It's not something that can be controlled a lot of times. Exactly. Um, We have, we still have quite a few callers on the line, like seven, and we have about eight minutes left. So whoever's on the line that we don't get to, please call back next week. Uh, Or actually not next week. We're going to be gone in in two weeks, three weeks. Yes. Yeah. This will be all the way into December, the next show, where Rebecca and I will be here, will be December 4th. Mark your calendars. Have a great time with your families over the the, uh, Thanksgiving holiday weeks, and Rebecca and I will be back with you December 4th. We're sorry that I wasn't able to answer everybody's questions tonight. Let's see what we can do with at least one or two of them. Okay, the next caller is coming from the 250 area code. Hello? Hi. Hi, this is Anna. How are you? I'm doing well. And you? I'm I'm pretty good. I have a few irritations, but <laughs> other than that... Um, yeah, I wanted to ask you um, about menstrual cramps. Um, 16 years old, awful cramps, um, debilitating cramps. Your voice sounds so much older than 16. No, no, it, it, my daughter. Um, she's uh, I don't do secondhand consultations. Oh, okay. Okay, I'll get her to call you, but Wonderful. there's other that would things. Be- and, of course, in down there and in new menopausal years, I have sections about menstrual cramps in both of those books. In which books? Sorry? New Menopausal Years, The Wise Woman Way. Oh, I, and, have, I have that one. And down there. Oh, okay. I have both of those, actually. And they both I'll have chapters on menstrual cramps. Okay. Huh? I'll, I'll have her read those. Thank you. Um the other two questions I have, um, I've, I started um, a couple of weeks ago feeling localized crawling sensation. I'm, in, I'm 60. Um, localized crawling sensation in one area of my back. And I had it checked uh, by a medical doctor, and she said it's just um, like a little little fat things on your skin that cause itching, but it's more like a crawling sensation at times. Um, what, what would you think of that would be causing something like that? She said it's Usually harmless. Usually, if thing is caused by some kind of nervous disturbance, 
Okay. Oat, oat straw infusion, of course, is a wonderful ally to the nervous system. You're drinking nourishing herbal infusions? Yeah, the nettle and the raspberry leaf. But I was listening to you regarding the others as well with the other lady that was just speaking with you. Right. So, you know, raspberry leaf, eh, I probably wouldn't bother with it. Um, oh, okay. Unless I was a young woman hoping to get pregnant. And again, your voice does not sound like you're in that age category. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Especially not with a 16-year-old daughter. Um, we've oh, got to no, be at least 26. 32, right? <laughs> no, she's, tw- she's 26, actually. Oh, she's 26. Okay, yeah. well, yeah, you yeah. get even a little bit older than that. So, yes, I yeah. think it's, that it's quite important to have a rotation of infusions. And so, okay. you know, get yourself some other infusion herbs and start adding those to your rotation. Okay. I think that you will find... But- that you don't have that crawling sensation anymore. Oat straw, again, a oh, okay. real, really important ally to the nervous system. Comfrey okay. is going to make your skin stronger so that it mm-hmm. reacts less to things. So I should alternate oat straw, comfrey, um, nettle, any other? Linden and red clover are the five okay. nourishing herbal infusions. Yeah, I used to drink red clover infusion as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lovely one. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. All right. I'm going to say green blessings and see if I can answer one more okay. question. Thanks for calling. Okay. Tonight. Can I just ask one more quick thing about cannabis edibles? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, is it okay to use the oil or to ingest any of the cannabis edibles? It's exceedingly difficult to control your dose. Hospitals are seeing hundreds of people coming in with tachycardia from consuming cannabis, which makes their heart race because they ate way too much. Um, Cannabis oil, Rick Simpson's oil, RSO, has proven anti-cancer for certain cancers. But it's, you know, I wouldn't take chemotherapy just to be healthy. And I wouldn't take RSO just to be healthy either. It's something we do if we are actually dealing with cancer. CBD oil can be taken internally. Again, is there no THC in it? No, there's not no THC in it. There can't be no THC in it. THC is part of cannabis. And so, again, you're going to get side effects. Not as bad. I do use CBD oil externally for pain relief. Okay. Would you recommend any ingesting or smoking any of it to prevent cancer? No. No. Okay. Okay. And, yeah, so you you recommend So I'm going to, if I can answer one last question. Green blessings. Good night. Oh, okay. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. 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 Okay, we'll take this last caller before we call Zhuzhana in the 818 area code. Hi. Hello. Hi, Susan. Hello. In just two minutes, cut to the chase. Tell me what your problem is. We yeah, only have two minutes. I'm laughing so hard about the cannabis thing. Um, I just want 
I, you know, I'm stools. That yeah. would be a really good. Okay, so I cannot find anywhere. Um, like it, you should look in the toilet and know how your health is, right? No. Okay. Well, if you toilet have, have to tell problem, you about your health. So if you have a, a well-formed stool and you have three more that are diarrhea, what's going on? And that's been going on for years. I'm cutting to the chase. Good. So you wake up in the morning and you have a nice well-formed stool. And yep. then later on in the day, you um, shit yourself and it runs down your leg. <laughs> no, 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 not that bad. No, no, no. No, 20 minutes later, there, there is, it gets looser and looser and looser and there's four stools a day. Mm-hmm. I don't know what's up with that. That's been going on for 10 years. Like, everything's well-formed sometimes, most times, not every time. Mm-hmm. Um, but then 20 minutes later, i got to go again again. So I go four times in a row mm-hmm. for, like, three hours. Stool is super well-formed. The second one, a little less. Then it's mm-hmm. gassy. Mm-hmm. What's up with that? So let me ask you, are you going to die from this? No. No. Well, no, if you were to get medical help with it, you probably would. Wait, say that again? If you were to get medical help with it, you probably would die from it. Yes. So my suggestion right. for things like this is leave it alone. Yeah, Nobody is perfect. Like you ain't perfect. Life ain't perfect. And that's perfect. <laughs> You're awesome, Susan. All right. You're awesome. Green blessings. Okay, I know you gotta go. I know you gotta go. I just want to tell you, you're awesome, and I'm, I'm, I just love everything. I've listened to everything, and you're wonderful. And I don't know what to do. It's kind of well. I had to change my career so I could make it to the bathroom. But that's okay. Because that's okay, right? I, I'm keep working on this. I just would like. There was a there was a movie I think it was a couple of years ago about the the women who did the uh, there weren't computers they did all the um, the the number work all the computing work they were called the computers for the NASA moon mission and one of the women was brought in a black woman was brought into an area to work and the nearest colored bathroom was like five minutes away. Oh no. Okay, that's exactly. This was this was in the movie, you know, and you'd see her foot under the table, tap, 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 tapping, you know, and she'd like pick up something to drink and then she'd set it out and not drink it. And you'd see her like running through the rain to get, and then finally her boss, you know, talks about these long bathroom breaks she's taking and she says, well, I have to go all the way to the, and he says, what? He didn't even know there was a colored bathroom, right? And he goes with her, movie to this bathroom, and he takes a crowbar, and he tears down the sign, and he says, there are no colored bathrooms in this institution anymore. Wow. You, you go in the bathroom that I go in. Okay, so I'll just, like, I, I just would like somebody to do more about stool things. I hear you. We'll take it under consideration. Okay. 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 One, I Green love blessings. you. Thank you. Thank you. Good Green night. Blessings. All right, good night. All right, let's give Jujana a call here. Now, let's see. Can I read her introduction while you're calling her? Um, it's going to ring. It's gonna, it might be a little distracting. She has quite okay, the energy. I hear you. That won't work. <laughs> yeah, hold on one second. All right.
TV, all those people are going to get their questions answered are after you there? all. <laughs> oh, my God. Is this you, Jujana? Oh, oh there's Jujana. Yes. <laughs> Jujana. Yes, thank you for calling. I just had uh, I, I, I just had a, an emergency reading, and I was getting into it. The woman pulled over on the side of the road. Because, you know, here in California, we are in big trouble. Things are smoky, we can't breathe, and everything is burning. Um, not a fun time, and now she's sitting there wondering what happened. But, um, yes, I belong to you. This is 6 o'clock. Yes. Wonderful. Wonderful. Hooray. Thank you for being here. Zhuzhana. Emesh Budapest was born in Budapest, Hungary, during a big winter storm on January 30th, 1940. Her mother, Masika Zsilagyi. Don't even a, try it. Don't even try it. <laughs> <laughs> was a medium and a practicing witch. Supported her as well. Don't Sillagy. put those words in my in my, in my my thing I have to read. Was a medium and a practicing witch who supported herself and her daughter with her art as a sculptress. Yes. Masika? Yeah, better. Masika. Mm-hmm. Masika's themes always celebrated Mashika. triple goddess and the fates. And Zhuzhana Z grew up respecting and appreciating Mother Nature as God. The poverty of post-war Europe and the political oppression under the Russian occupation made Z fiercely political. So when the Hungarian Revolution broke out in 1956, she took her destiny into her own hands and became one of those 65,000 political refugees who left Hungary, mostly young workers and students like herself. She finished high school in Innsbruck, Austria, graduated and won a scholarship to the University of Vienna, where she studied languages. Zhuzhana immigrated to the United States in 1959 and became a student at the University of Chicago, where she married and gave birth to two sons. In Chicago, she studied with Second City, an improvisational theater school, the only one in the country at that time. Her family's spiritual tradition, however, started seeping back into her life, and she practiced solo worship of the goddess at her home altar in her backyard. Hmm. Her early years, the first installment of her autobiography is her latest book, and it's called My Dark Sorted Past as a Heterosexual. It's available from Amazon's Create Space. When Zhuzhana entered her Saturn cycle at the age of 30, she became involved with the women's liberation movement in Los Angeles and became an activist herself, staffing the women's center there for many years. There, she recognized a need for spiritual dimension lacking in the feminist movement. And she started the women's spirituality movement. She founded the Susan B. Anthony Coven Number One and the first feminist witches coven, which became the role model for thousands of other spiritual groups being born and spreading across the nation. 
Jujana wrote the holy book of women's mysteries, originally published in 1975 as the feminist book of lights and shadows. Wisers brought it out in 1989, and it served as the first hands-on book to lead women into their own spiritual goddess heritage. Jujana has since written numerous other books, some of which have been translated to other languages. One of the things that I always enjoyed was that in 1975, Shushana was arrested for reading the Tarot. No, this is not Schoenfreude. I'm not happy that she was arrested, but I'm happy that she made a scene about it. She was arrested by an undercover policewoman, and, you know, the, the simple telling of the story was that she actually won the turning back of the law, but the more complicated um, is that she actually lost her trial. She was actually convicted of uh, fortune-telling, even though she made a really excellent point, and that is that if she was going to be convicted of fortune-telling, certainly every uh, weather person on television or radio should be convicted of fortune-telling. Every uh, stockbroker should be convicted as well in in a variety of other things. And so it did indeed come to pass that nine years later, the law against fortune-telling was indeed overturned. Jujana has led rituals, lectured, taught classes, given workshops at the Wise Woman Center, as well as lots and lots of other places, written articles tirelessly, and published in hundreds of women's newspapers across the country and around the world. She has powerfully influenced many of the future teachers and writers about the goddess. The California Institute for Integral Studies in San Francisco recognized Z's contribution to the women's spirituality movement, and both Zhuzhana and I were recognized and asked to be part of a wonderful compendium of voices called The Four Mothers of Women's Spirituality, a wonderful book, and that book has spawned a website, and there's a link at uh, my website to that Four Mothers of Women's Spirituality website where you can listen to an interview which, with each of the 30 Four Mothers of Women's Spirituality. And not just listen, you can also see us as well. The great interview with Jujana today. Z lives in Santa Cruz, California, where she gives workshops and lectures, but always makes time to smell her roses. And oh, my goodness, but glorious, glorious, glorious roses she has. She's the founder and director of the Women's Spirituality Forum, a nonprofit organization sponsoring goddess spirituality retreats and festivals for women and young girls. Mwah! I love you, sweetie. The topic for tonight? When witches fight, how do they do it? The ethics. Yes, yes, yes. And we don't mean yes. infighting. We don't mean name-calling and hair-pulling. We don't mean, oh, no. I have a gripe against this one. No, we mean when witches get up and fight back against the stuff that's going down. Yes, it's true. And we better shut up about it because... There is a huge mobilized hatred against women now on the Internet, and they take orders um, even um, without being told to to hurt us. Um, The uh, priests of the South, those those, uh, megachurch preachers, uh, talk about um, it's our fault, whatever is bad going on, it's our fault because we 
we are not obedient to God who told us to cleave to men. Men are our babies. They used to be our sons. They are still our sons. If they have any belly button, we made them, every one of them. So shut up, boys, and get with making peace and create a life for all of us to be pleasant for those few years we are on earth and create culture, entertain each other, be kind to each other, make love, make babies that don't go to war, don't get hit on the streets. It is a different way to live on this planet, and this planet is the only one we have. We cannot move the nice peaceniks out of here to some other planet and hear, oh, you just, you just have yourself a ball killing each other and, and uh, this hurting nature, hurt the mother planet. No, we have to take back leadership on this planet. This is the mother planet. Oh, hello, are you there? Yes, we're coming, up on, we're coming up on Pearl Harbor Day. And, you know, I think that that period of history is quite fascinating because there were very strong voices in the United States, both for peace, directly for peace, let's just have peace, and very strong voices for let's just stay out of it. And mm-hmm. what happened, uh, you know, on that day in December um, when Japan bombed Pearl Harbor changed a lot of people's minds. It didn't change everybody's minds. There were still people who thought we should stay out, and there were still people who thought we should, you know, look for peace. And certainly if you've seen, I think it was last year's movie about Churchill, you see that he had to deal with that too. And yet there is a time and there is a place where we say, no, I, I, peace is good, staying out of it is good, but right now, I have to fight back. Why now I have to do something? And so when a witch gets to that place, she wants to cast a spell. But as I always yes, say... and she also has a goddess. Oh, there's a difficulty here because any spell you cast is going to come back to you at least three times. Not, so you no, can't just like put out meanness because then you're going to get it. Oh, yeah. Only if you attack the innocent. Otherwise, it doesn't come back. If you attack the innocent, it comes back on you. If who you are attacking is not innocent and the goddess knows who is and who isn't, then it is, that is not coming back. So don't discourage us from hexing because it doesn't come back. If a very bad, bad person or entity is hurting the planet and women and children, they used to be every year on the steps of the goddess temples and calling out the names of those enemies of women and peace. And these names then would be considered hexed, and they never lived past one year. And this was very frightful for all those warmongers. So they did, they, they did not uh, devote themselves to uh, hurting women as much because there was this invisible hand. We knew what they had done, and the invisible hand of the faith got even with them. The faith can do much worse than we could ever imagine. But punishment is due when there is hurting women and the cause of peace. That is our law. And my, my entire point is that we will be hit like that, and we will be looking at this instinct to fight back. Fighting back can be done in many ways, but not eye for an eye, because that leaves everybody blind in the end. And that always 
every fight has the has the seed of the next fight in it. So it's eternal wars, eternal uh, resentments, eternal just stirring up this negativity and hurting life in each other and the planet. That is not the way to go. But we have started doing the right thing with these elections. The women finally got up and fought back where it was legal and righteous and got rid of a lot of guys. Not enough of them, but a lot of them. It's a great beginning. What we need to do is slowly put all the important decisions in the hands of wise women. (coughs) And by wise, I don't mean old ones only, because wisdom is also with the young, especially nowadays. The young comes at, at us and says, you have to protect me. I'm like just a teenager. And they are killing us in the schools. They are killing us in the movies. And they are killing us on the streets. And that is an entrenched evil. And it was accepted by saying, oh, boys will be boys. They will rape. They will burn. And not a, a single thought was given to the, to the life on the planet and how that is going to look like if we are going back to the same old, same old, same old fighting ways. So one way to do it is take the power back and then show that we are better leaders than the men. Of course we are. Everybody knows that. Women are smarter. Women are multitasking better. Women have more compassion. My mother used to say that women are the real human beings. Now, this from a woman who did not use the word feminism. (laughs) <laughs> you can imagine, <laughs> but, uh, but, but you know, I remember I oh, many, many years ago when you and I did a hex, the Hudson River Valley um, in the middle of the yes. summer was leafless. It looked like the winter because the gypsy moth caterpillars eaten every leaf off yes. of every tree. And we yes. were, I, I was just really like staggered by it. And you said, let's do something about it. And uh, you said, there's some place where we can, like, get a big view. And I took you up to the North Lake, South Lake area where with not too much effort you can get up, way up, mm-hmm. and see the whole Hudson River Valley almost all the way down to West Point and almost all the way up to Albany. And you and I stood there at this amazing overlook with hawks and eagles flying below us. And we yes, hexed, that is amazing. hexed the gypsy moth males that yes. they should be infertile. Impotency. And, and it was, well, you know, know which is our end of gypsy moths. There's still gypsy moths in the forest, but it was the only year that the, trips were, the trees were stripped bare, and after that they really started declining and declining fast. Did, did the gypsy moth spell help? I think the gypsy moth spell turned the tide. I oh. think it was... I think it was an incredibly important thing that we did that, that helped the entire ecosystem. And I think that's what you mean. It's not just about these, the, the thing being innocent because, you know, the, the, it, it was the innocence of our request, the innocence yeah. of our hex, which was help. You know, we're not out here because yeah. we want it. <laughs> Get back at somebody. This is not like a revenge novel here. Is oh my gosh, you know, we're feeling horribly seeing winter in July, and we need to 
put a stop to this, and it's the the gypsy moths, and we're gonna we're gonna go after the boy gypsy moths. We're gonna leave the girl gypsy moths. We're going after the boys. <laughs> I I love that. I remember it took a while because we got tranced out. We got chanting, and then we got tranced out, and it was a while because we had such a good rhythm and good singing, and mm-hmm. we stuck with it until it ran out. And uh, yeah. I said afterwards that it was done, done, done. I said said that it was, it went home. And uh, Mother Nature certainly appreciates when you come to her with some wisdom going on. We we perfectly analyzed the problem and um, we we applied ourselves. I I was proud of us for that. Me too, me too. The other thing that I like to do is to, if, if I have an opportunity to um, put someone in the way of the goddess, then I actually ask for the goddess to bring that person. Hello. Yes, I ask for Hello? the goddess. I ask for the goddess to bring that person what they most deserve. Yes, yes. The details is for the divine. It's for the divine. Wisdom. We don't have that much wisdom as she does. And she can find a way. The other thing that she can do, which is very amazing and to me is the most powerful, she can turn the minds. For example, give somebody a dream, a dream that totally turns them around. It's totally possible. You wake up and you have this impactful dream and you think to yourself, whoa, ah, I'm not the same person who went to bed. And that can have long-distance good, good results. The goddess can do that. When my mother was in trouble, she had this one trick that, well, not a trick, it's a witch's. Actually, in the dream, she would butt into their dream and state her case. There's one time, I don't know if I told you this story, but... Mother was an artist, and she got a commission to make busts of the new leader just elected. And Mama lined them all up because they ordered quite a few of them, and she went, you know, mustache, 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 um, you know, bold head, bold head, bold. (laughs) And she was working up a storm there, and then they came and picked it up, and we got good money for it. They took it and started putting it around in the city, when somebody noticed that this was a bust of the old leader, not the new one, and the vanquished leader, and they got very mad at my mom. And they, and this was the communists. They are, these are vicious. <coughs> and they came for my mama and took her into the big house. And we thought, you know, we'll never see her again. This was very scary because I was still like nine years old and, um, so what she did then that in, in her psychic power she went and into the dream world of each of these people she found out who they're going to be and projected herself in their dreams and in the dream she said look they all look alike what am I going to do it was not malicious terrible um, sabotage it was just an artist getting, you know, 14 faces that looked almost the same. And they all had mustache, they all had both heads. And I didn't really realize I just had this little black and white picture to go by. 
<laughs> she stated her case, and the next morning they had her in front of them. And, oh, yeah, and she told them, now remember this when I am in front of you when you are awake. Remember this discussion. And they did. <laughs> and they sent her home. They just sent her. We could not believe it. Nobody ever comes back from the big house where wow. they do all that torture and that sadistic stuff. Oh. There's all these. I just read Amy Tan's book, Saving Fish from Drowning. And she, <laughs> she had her point of view character is a ghost. A woman is killed during the novel, and she does that. She goes and she gets into people's dreams, and she changes minds through dreams. Now that is possible. That's a that's a wonderful witch's tool, because ultimately we are all born wonderful and divine, and then we drink the Kool Aid, whatever we have after mother's milk. That is the bad Kool Aid and they get brainwashed. And once your brain is set this way or that, it's hard for you to consciously change it because it has all kinds of consequences. But when you are asleep and you get it in your sleep, the information, and you can turn safely then, then you wake up different. You wake up with a race consciousness about an issue. So that's very, very uh, attractive to me to, to do. Right now, however, if you try to get in Trump's consciousness, I don't even know how much he sleeps. He probably knocks himself out with some drug. That man is on pills. <clears throat> that was that's for sure. He doesn't drink alcohol. Well, he does much worse than that. We'll find out once he's out of office. All this will come out in many scandalous books, I'm sure. But right now, um, what he has done, he has taken money away from California to manage our own forests. 60% of California's wildlife is managed by the feds, and he is the feds, and he took money out of our own budget for this, so there were less people minding the forest. And also, he is a big denier of climate change. This is what climate change looks like. We used to have a fire season, now it's going to be all year round. California is suffering right away from climate change. But so will many. So will everybody. There will be floods. People lose their homes for either water or fire. And then there is the ill will, the ill will of males, who think that they have power over us. They pass laws, and they want us to multiply and carry to terms any baby, any any rapist may cause in our bodies. And they really don't want women to rule. And that's what we're going to change. Because when female energy gets to have leadership through leadership, that's when things get turned around. It will still be very hard to come back from this horrendous point that we are at in, in our uh, climate. We are, we are past the tipping point. We are, we are in the tipping point right now. <clears throat> and um, money... Uh, it was a decade yeah, so, already that the Native Americans who've been, you know, basically hanging out at the UN trying to talk about climate change got up and said, well, yes. it's too late. We're leaving now. Whatever you do from here on out, it's going to be too little, too late. Yes. And yes. that was, that was and, already decades um, ago. I mean, golly, back in the 80s, Grandmother Twyla was showing us maps of what the new coastline was going to look like and telling us that we had to live at least 400 feet above sea level. Well, you know, I'm exactly four feet 
above, above sea level. But the sea is getting bigger only one millimeter a year. So probably in my lifetime, I will not become a seaside property. But after me, I mean, I'm, I, I'm glad I'm not young and I worry about my grandchild who I adore. What kind of world will she has to grow up in? Um, it's very scary to me. And she's in Texas where she gets nothing but Kool-Aid. Uh, I were talking about the ethics of hexing that it is okay to hex. We're not doing hexes for personal profit. We're not doing hexes for personal vendettas or revenge. But yes, there are hexes, and hexes can be done directly, as you and I did, hexing those gypsy moths. They can be done indirectly, as you're saying, uh, get into their dreams, or as I'm saying, you know, bring this person exactly what they deserve. And golly, yeah, that's an excellent idea. Or longer, but you know these blog talk shows, they like slam the door on you. And we have exactly 100 seconds left. What's the last thing you want to say? You got half of it. You get 50 seconds. Go. I love this planet with all my heart. I love my roses and my blueberries. I love you, my sisters, and you, my Susan. I love you all in these hard times. Let's give a hug to each of us every time you meet a sister. Don't turn on each other because that leads into ruin. Give a kiss to your baby and don't yell at your spouse. If the spouse misbehave, well, there is always the couch. <laughs> <laughs> I just knew this one. You are in my life. I love you so deeply and so dearly. <laughs> I that first red around my waist and gave me to understand there was a healing cloak of the ancients and that we could each participate in the reweaving of this healing cloak. Thank you, dearest goddess grandmother. Thank you, everyone who's listening. These can be hard times. Hmm, maybe you need to consider a hex. Green blessing <laughs> can take a well, lot of forms. It takes wisdom to craft one. You have it's to craft right. one with your wisdom, not with your emotions. With the craft. First of all, you say what is the goal, and then craft a spell accordingly. That's say, how to do it. And then craft your spell. Good night, Rebecca. Green blessings. Good green night, blessings to you, Susan. Green, green, green blessings, and may the fires calm hey, down. Jana. I'm telling, I'm telling everybody, talk to the winds. The winds are blowing talk the fire around. Fires. Talk to the winds. Well, the fires. Talk and to the winds. That's how to turn fires around. Blessed be Susan. Thanks for calling me. I I was just serving Bless. a sister who called with an emergency. Blessed be. Blessed be. Blessed be. Good night. Good night.